We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast tuesday august 16th 2022 the new orleans saints are in town ladies and gentlemen what is going on green bay packers fans i'm your host of the tuesday show i am jacob westendorf and we are not whole uh, Jacob Morley is off doing a bachelor party festivity thing that we were not invited to. And I want to be very explicit in saying we were not invited to these festivities. And for that, I am disappointed. Uh, Ross, I believe you threatened violence. Yeah. So, so Jake, I mean, I, people know this because of our, what I would guess people now consider constant discussions about North Dakota state. But Jake and I are from, like, within an hour of each other. Um, he's from here. He's from where I'm from. Uh, we did not know each other growing up. I'm a little older than he is. But instantly kind of made some connections between, like, uh, I think probably either the best man at his wedding or one of the people in his wedding I used to work with at the Fargo Country Club, just an example. And that young man... Uh, one Mr. Aaron Tate was hosting Jacob's bachelor party this weekend, which, as you mentioned, we were not invited to. So then I get a text message like three days beforehand. Keep in mind, I've got a wife, got a six month old, got a two year old. Like, I'm, I'm not a free man. I don't just do as I please. And he says, hey, um, my bachelor party's in whatever Detroit lakes people don't know what that is but it's a it's a lakes area very close to the Fargo metro about 45 minutes from my house um hanging out with a bunch of Chiefs fans Jake lives in Kansas City hanging out with a bunch of Chiefs fans want to watch the Packers game at a bar will you you know will you come and I was like well first of all thanks for the half-hearted late invite (laughs) just something that's 45 minutes away from my house and so I get permission from my wife and uh, make plans to be at my parents' lake cabin that night and try to arrange a sober driver because I'm too old for that nonsense and you should never drive after you've been drinking anyway. And then uh, 
after I accomplish all that, Mr. Stack tells me that, oh, uh, we're actually not going to go to a bar, so you don't need to come anymore. And about three plays into the Packers game, he texts me and says, you're never going to guess we're at a bar. So just a really, really frustrating sequence of events. Um, I don't think he understands just how special it was for me to get permission to go out with the boys and, and, and watch a game like that. And uh, really, you know, from the, from the non-invite right away, and, and he really just never recovered. Really a disappointing performance from the beginning from, from Mr. Morley. Well, if it, like I said, if it makes you feel any better, he only told me after the fact that I have a standing invite, which I don't know how much of a standing invite it is if the event has already taken place. And, and it's six just, hours from where you live. <laughs> and he's six hours away. Yeah. And he says, oh, just ask around. Like I was supposed to drive to Nowheresville, Kansas. And just be like, hey, has anybody heard of the Morley no, 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 wedding? No, this was Nowheresville, Central Minnesota. Oh, even better. Yeah. So Nowheresville, Central Minnesota. Either way, it's still six hours. Like, it's six hours either direction, I guess, for me. And then says, yeah, you have a standing invite. Like, yeah, thanks, Morley. Really appreciate that. So <laughs> you know Jacob Morley was fired. You know what's better than a standing invite, Jake? An actual invite. <laughs> An actual invite, yes. So Morley got fired. He is no longer on the show uh, for August 16th, 2022. And we'll see if we let him come back next week. Uh, guys that are back for the Packers. Thank you for sitting through that nonsense with us. Uh, yeah. What a good one there. Uh, Elton Jenkins. Of course, that was the big news. Uh, Robert Tunyon. And uh, this show's personal favorite because I'm with normally two North Dakota Staters. Christian Watson is back. So Ross, those three guys just, what do you expect their roles and just the expectations for them coming off of the PUP list uh, going into a rookie season for some, and then honestly some big years for Tunyon and Elton Jenkins as both are entering contract years, if memory serves. Absolutely. No, it's a huge deal. Um, you know, I, I think Tunyon is one of the most, that's what people don't understand. Like I, I think you have to temper expectations a little bit, but like Tunyon is one of the most accomplished pass catchers they have returning period. When you go back and look at his 2009 or 2020 season where he had a million touchdowns, whatever, like his season highs compare very favorably to everyone. That's not Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb. That's even on this roster. And I think he could be in for a really big role if he's healthy. I mean, I think um, he could be a big part of their plan moving forward if if he's able to to take that step. Um, and, and Elton Jenkins, man, you talked about a contract here. It's just it's just a huge deal. Uh, I think you know this year he's he's going to probably be required to and should, and then will then be paid as a tackle. You know, I, I would guess that unless something crazy happens, they're going to, they're going to want him to play tackle. And so um, I'll be interesting to sort, or it'll be interesting to kind of, you know, keep, keep that in, in front of mind because it's, it's, it's his positional flexibility that gives him a ton of value, but it's, 
also something that makes his contract negotiations really weird when you, you know, are you going to base what he gets paid on the percentage of snaps that he's taken at what position? Cause well, then he's obviously a guard, but if he's going to want to get paid, paid, that's going to be as a tackle. And if they're going to start him out this season as a tackle, I don't know. I mean, like I said, it's just going to be, it's going to be fascinating. I think he's going to end up getting tackle money, and I think it's going to be from the Green Bay Packers. Oh, yeah. I have zero doubt that it'll be from the Packers. His contract is unique for the reasons that you mentioned. I think in a world that the Packers have everything working out well, their intermediate term future at offensive tackle is David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. And obviously that depends on you know Bakhtiari, and that's that's a whole separate conversation and a path that we don't need to go down. Uh, but Tunyon is another one that is interesting to me because that position group, it isn't talked about a lot, but like woof, like Josiah DeGuara is what he is. And maybe he's good at that. Maybe he's not. We don't really know. And Mercedes Lewis is what he is and he is good at that, but it's a limited capacity type of player. And then Tyler Davis may have been the worst player on the field Friday night. And I don't think that's a stretch to say that it's a guy they've talked about a lot throughout the off season process. Like I think Brian Gutekunst was asked after the draft, like you didn't, why didn't you pick a tight end basically? And he was like, well, you know, this and this, and Oh, we really like Tyler Davis. Well, then they brought in a guy today off waivers and it's like, well, is Davis now even going to make the roster? And then you mentioned Tunyon who I know he wasn't having, the greatest season last year, especially when you compare it to his, his 2020 uh, output where he led the league in touchdowns, but you've seen that player before and he was starting to turn it on. Unfortunately, he was having a nice game against Arizona. had a touchdown the previous week before uh, he blew out his ACL and missed the rest of the season. If nothing else, it adds another experienced player that has played with Aaron Rodgers before that, maybe while they have some growing pains with guys like Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and even Sammy Watkins to as somebody who hasn't played with Rogers in the past, getting those guys acclimated. I think Tunyon is a, is a addition to this team that it's going to be small. Cause like, he's not going to lead the league in touchdowns again, most likely. And he's not going to, he's like, he's not Travis Kelsey. He's not George Kittle, but it's a little like big move from the standpoint of, like I said, they just don't have a whole lot of guys there. What's your assessment right now of their tight end group? Is it any different from anything I just said? No, I mean, I, th- I think you can have some uh, optimism with DeGuara. I, I think they really liked him as a rookie. And yes, you you know lose that second season or, or, or whatever after the ACL tear, now you're in year three where it oftentimes does click for guys like that. Plus you're yet another year removed from that ACL. I think there's ways to use him. Um, you know, big dog's great at what he does. Uh, Tunyon's great at what he does. If he's capable of doing what he does. And then we talk about the, you know, the wild card that is Tyler Davis. Um, people, you know, just heaping praise on the guy and, I mean, all that's fine, but boy, that was a rough, uh, rough showing. Uh, 
I and guess honestly, it's... Jacob Morley's not here because, like I said, we fired him. So I feel like I should make one of his points and take credit for it. That praise is being heaped on Tyler Davis for what? Like he had an uh, he had a nice moment in Baltimore last year where Rodgers threaded one in the middle of the field to him. Yeah, he had a, a twenty two yard seam route that Rodgers hit him in the numbers. That that's his that's his shining moment. Maybe he just hates Jordan Love, too, because he had the one play on Friday night where a ball was off his face mask in the air for an interception, and he had a play in the end zone. It would have been the best play of Jordan Love's career to date, and it bounced off his hands and was incomplete. Like, it would have been a really cool touchdown in that season finale in Detroit last year. So maybe that's maybe that's part of it. I don't know, but I don't understand the Tyler Davis hype, so to speak. So I felt like I needed to add that in since Morley is not here and may not be here ever again. Yeah, it's, it's very reasonable. I mean – um, kind of a quiet camp and a really disastrous showing in the preseason game. Uh, I don't know, but, but oftentimes too, I mean, they don't, they don't just randomly hype guys up. You know, it's not like they're trying to uh, drive up the trade price for Tyler Davis. That's, that's just, it's not, this isn't fantasy football. It's not what they're doing, but um, hard not to be underwhelmed by what uh, we saw there. Yeah, absolutely not. And then you look ahead to everything. And then, I mean, I I can't go through this show without talking about Christian Watson, but obviously expectations I've said since they drafted him. And I said this, whether it was, they drafted who was the first receiver taken Drake London or any receiver that they took expectations need to be tempered because they're rookies. And I know Jamar chase exists and I know Justin Jefferson exists and those guys had huge rookie seasons, but that's not the norm. Those there's a reason those guys are record setting as rookies because it just doesn't happen that often. That being said, we talked about Lazard, obviously Randall Cobb. There's some scuttle amongst media types with the Packers, not really anything with the Packers themselves, that maybe Sammy Watkins doesn't make the team. I personally can't picture that. But you figure if those are your top three, Romeo Dobbs has already been put into the Hall of Fame with his preseason and camp uh, performance so far. Then you throw Watson in there, Ross – Nobody in the world, I think, higher on Christian Watson going into the draft, maybe other than Christian and his mother. You had him as the second wide receiver behind Chris Olave. To my knowledge, you're the only one that had him that high. That's not saying you're wrong or anything like that. That's just saying what the facts are. What is your expectation for him going into his rookie season when you've seen like Romeo Dobbs has kind of picked some things up already? Is that something that, you know, is now he going to be buried or what, you know, kind of what happens, I guess, from here? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, you, you would have liked for him to get all these reps. Um, you hear Rogers going through like mental reps with him. Um, you see him taking the mental reps at, at camp practices, but mental reps are very different than, you know, trying to get open against Eric Stokes and Jerry Alexander. They're, they just are. Uh, all, res- all due respect to the corners in the Missouri Valley football conference and all due respect to the corners he went against in practice every day. Uh, at NDSU, it's it's just different. You know, these are the best in the world at what they do. Um, specifically, Green Bay's are very good. And uh, that time against them, and frankly, that time with Rodgers, carries tremendous value. Um, and, and, and unfortunately, it's going to, I think, probably lead us to where exactly I said he wouldn't go, and that's to MVS land. Um, I, I think he's going to be their deep threat. You know, I... I, I think there are bigger and brighter things for him down the line. I mentioned, I think Watson is a better prospect than his best case scenario or even like his most likely scenario being MVS. But for right now, they could kind of use a, a bomber. <laughs> for right now, they could probably use a jet sweep guy. And for right now, they could probably use a lead kicker turner. And if those things are Christian Watson, then I guess those things are Christian Watson. Um, I don't think, like I've mentioned a million times, I don't think long-term that's what he'll be, a bomber and nothing but a bomber. But right now he needs to do whatever the team needs him to do. And that might be what the team needs him to do because if they've got, you know, Lazard and Cobb working the intermediate stuff, Watkins giving them whatever they're going to do, I got news for you people like Romeo dubs is not, not a deep threat. Romeo dubs is a deep threat period. Uh, so, you know, that secondary deep threat or gadget guy or kick returner or whatever, um, you know, that might be the path for, for Christian Watson. And, and I know that there have been, you know, big receiving um, performances. Devonte Adams comes to mind uh, some other rookies, but, I don't know. Go back and look at Greg Jennings. I know certainly comes to mind, but go back and look at what Jordy Nelson did as a rookie. Go back and look at what James Jones did as a rookie. You know, not everyone that's drafted highly by the Packers at that position really always does it until year three. And I always kind of thought of Christian as a year three guy um, until he's, you know, kind of a fully formed what he's going to be in the NFL. Just, there is a, a jump in competition from the FCS level, but um, and, and, and a difference in volume. You know, he's in a very, very run-heavy scheme at North Dakota State, but ultimately he's still one of the freakiest athletes to ever enter the combine at the wide receiver position, and Matt LaFleur is going to find a way to use that. I'm going to be interested to see in general how they navigate this receiver position. Theoretically, a good problem to have if they're all – 
playing well. You mentioned those top three veterans. We mentioned Romeo Dobbs, and we mentioned now Christian Watson. And I didn't even talk about uh, Amari Rogers yet, who I thought Amari Rogers, granted, small sample, but I thought he played his best game as a young pro on Friday night. And maybe that means nothing, certainly could, but maybe it means something. And if it does, now you're talking about having to figure out a bunch of different ways to get a bunch of different guys on the field. I just think that's going to be an interesting balance for the way that they do things. Something that they're going to do, and maybe you start to try and find how they find that balance, is when they have practice this week against the New Orleans Saints. They'll practice uh, Tuesday and Wednesday against New Orleans before playing on Friday. Ross, first, I know the quarterback wasn't the biggest fan of it, but I think one of the best things that Matt LaFleur has brought to the Packers has been these joint practices. Number one, I think they're more competitive than basic preseason games, especially with the philosophy that Green Bay has where they're just not playing anybody. I mean, if you are going to be a significant contributor to the Green Bay Packers, for the most part, with a few exceptions, because Quay Walker did play, what, like 10 snaps on Friday night? But you're not playing in a preseason game. They're just not going to risk that stuff. So I think they're more competitive than those things. Plus, with some of the teams that Green Bay is playing against in the preseason, you know, the Jets last year, that's Robert Sala's defense, which certainly helps their offense. Now this year they get New Orleans, who's got Dennis Allen. And New Orleans, I think, is kind of a sneaky NFC kind of contender if they could figure out to get Jameis Winston to throw the ball to the right team, which certainly has been an exercise in futility throughout the early part of his young career. But what's your take just in general on these joint practices? Do you prefer them to, you know, what they've done? I like them. I like them. Um, I think they're in the perfect dose. Like, I don't think I would want to do them any more often uh, than, than our, than they are, are already doing them. I think, you know, this like one little lead up to a preseason game is, is fine. Um, you know, I don't necessarily hate, like, I, I guess as a content creator, I don't love the green Bay never plays their guys, but I also like the, like the depth of the roster. Like I, people, People may not get as excited about Kingsley and Yabare as I do, <laughs> but that's fun. Like to me, that's fun. And then that's, you know, if, if you're going to make me watch 60 snaps of the fifth edge on the roster that you took in the fifth round, fine. I'm in for that. Not everybody might be in for that though. And, and ultimately I think, you know, if there is a chance that you get some, uh, you know, Christian Watson, maybe even to go against these, corners that are wearing a different jersey that's a big deal you know and and mm-hmm. same thing frankly goes for dubs and goes for watkins and goes for all the guys but um man if they can if they can work these three pup guys in against uh, uh new orleans at all that, that that'd be a big deal like even if it's five reps a piece or or, or eight reps a piece it, it it could be a big deal in, in their effort to kind of move forward towards potentially playing yeah, and that'll be the interesting part to see. As they say, they'll take them, they'll bring them along slowly. It's just with the structure of these practices with a whole different team on the field, it's hard to say like what exactly Green Bay's plan is going to be to get those guys in and on the field. You know, like you can't use the you can't use the practice like there aren't very many, if any, individual periods to go through everything. You know, getting Christian Watson, if you're going to get Watson and Tunyon and Jenkins work, a lot of it is going to have to come in team-related periods. And I just don't know if that's something they're going to do. Maybe they'll have their guys working off to the side. They may have to get creative. But I'm interested to see those guys getting on the field. Like you said, you know, Christian Watson, it's 
maybe more so than even those two guys. It's like opening up a new toy on Christmas, right? Green Bay hasn't drafted a receiver in a really long time that is expected to be a, a significant contributor. And Watson certainly is because like we mentioned, that's the highest pick they've used on a receiver since they picked Devontae Adams eight years ago. So they expect him to be something and being able to see him go up against guys and even Romeo Dobbs too, go up against Marshawn Lattimore. That's not a bum. It's not Jair Alexander, but he's not a bum and he wears a different Jersey getting guys like Rashad Gary to go up against some of the dude, maybe not Trevor Penning because you know, there's reason, there's reasons for that, but some of the other guys on that offensive line, the saints offensive line is really good. Give the defense a chance to see somebody other than Aaron Rodgers. Maybe they get a chance to get their hand on a ball or two that they don't normally get a chance to do that. Getting Alvin Kamara matched up against Quay Walker. And when we start talking about things I'm looking for, that is one of the big ones because Kamara is one of the premier backs in all of football. He's one of the biggest mismatches in all of football. And you've seen it the last two times Green Bay has played against New Orleans. That was Sean Payton's thing. Like, I'm going to get your linebackers that I think are slower than Kamara, and I'm going to get them matched up against each other okay that's cool now green bay has a chance to say like well you know one of our backers is devondre campbell and one of our other backers is first round pick 22nd overall quay walker i'm definitely looking forward to seeing what those guys have against it and then just really the defensive front as a whole against those guys ross what what's your biggest thing that you're looking for uh in the just the joint practice forget the game portion of things but just going you know green bay starters against new orleans starters either side of the ball uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the same kind of places where like all the slight question marks are for the Packers. I want to see how do, how does whatever group of guys they want to trot out there on the offensive line, how do they do against some pretty damn good pass rushers in, in New Orleans? Um, same kind of thing. Like there are decent Marcus Williams, good safety. Marshawn Lattimore is good corner. They got decent players. Uh, how do how do Green Bay's receivers, if they have the ones out there, how do they get open? How do they how do they perform? It's a, it's a, it's important it's an important thing to know. I mean it's it's something to keep keep your eyes on, keep track of. It absolutely is. So as we're running a little short on time here, Ross. Last week, like I said, I think your guy that and there are certainly others, but the guy who stood out Kingsley and Bar, obviously, and then he stacked that practice by putting together a good practice on Sunday as well. But your guy that kind of came out of the first week smelling like a rose was probably uh, Amari Rogers along with um, Romeo Dobbs. Like I mentioned, you get those two guys playing really well as well as they did. Who's somebody this week that call it a pick to click, call it a prediction, call it whatever you want. Uh, is somebody that you think comes out of this week, whether joint practices through, and you think like, hey, man, that guy definitely took a step towards maybe not making the roster. It doesn't have to be a guy like that, but going a long way towards feeling good about how his season will go. Dude, I I, I think people need to go to the church of Zach Tom. Um, I know that they took Sean Ryan before Zach Tom, but that doesn't really matter now that they're on the team. Kind of like if Romeo, and I'm not saying this, but if Romeo Dubs ends up being a better player than Christian Watson, it, it actually doesn't matter. It, it doesn't it, as long as they're both Green Bay Packers. Um, I, Zach Tom can play. Period. Uh, I, I think if you're in a situation where you know at week one you probably want Nyman in there instead of Zach, I, I, I would guess that you do. I, I'm ready to put my stamp on it though that Zach Tom is a 
is a professional offensive lineman, a real live professional offensive lineman. Yeah, and I'm interested to see how that goes because I wonder, you know, you talk about Green Bay's best alignment if they can get – well, they have Jenkins back in theory. How does it look if Nyman is playing versus, you know, Bakhtiari, and do they just leave John Runyon as the left guard and say let Royce Newman and Jake Hansen and those guys figure out the right side? Maybe Zach Tom becomes a right guard. He was repping as a left guard against – or excuse me, against the Packers in practice on Sunday, uh, just kind of repping that way. Does he find his way through into the team like that? So Zach Tom is certainly somebody worth keeping an eye on uh, for the reasons that you mentioned. And this is a guy who it just felt like obvious. It's like he's going to get drafted by the Packers and he's probably going to be pretty good. And so far, all of those things have taken place. It's camp. It's not, you know, real live action yet, but we'll see what happens. And I do wonder, you know, is this a guy that right now, even if, you know, even if Bakhtiari comes back, is this a guy who's one of their five best offensive linemen? As of right now, I lean towards it. He's at least in that conversation. And it's hard to say that he's not. The um, one thing I'll say about Zach Tom, and I've, I've actually, like, I've seen him. Like, I've, I've been, I interviewed him with Jason Wildy. I've been, and this is, you can ding the bell if you want. Ding, but like, yeah. But, like, I've been three feet away from Zach Tom. And there are offensive linemen that are built like melted ice cream. And there are offensive linemen that are built like larger tight ends. And Zach Tom is kind of built like a larger tight end. Um, Like Sean Ryan is built like Maui from Moana. (laughs) There are different body structures for offensive linemen. And I don't know if Zach Tom's body structure leans itself to guard. I think he can get away at tackle, and I think he can get away at center. I don't know if he has the girth at this point in his life to to play guard. Um, but that's just kind of a – I mean, like I, I, if, if they actually put a, put a bullet to my head and, and just said, okay, everybody's healthy, you know, I think if everybody's healthy, the best – five linemen are Myers, Runyon, Bakhtiari, Tom, and Jenkins. And how would I do that? Well, I would probably play Zach Tom at right tackle and Elton Jenkins at right guard. But they're they're not going to do that. I'll, I'll just tell you that right now. They're not going to do that. But, I, I mean, that's that's where I'm at right now. And And – Ultimately, you know, Nyman might be one of the best five offensive linemen that they have, and you could play him over Zach Tom, but I don't think Tom or Nyman are guards. That's that's just my opinion. I don't think either Tom or Nyman can play guard or should no, play guard. I agree with you on Nyman. He's somebody who I just – I ding, but stood next to him last year, and – his shoulders are just like the smallest shoulders I would ever expect from a NFL offensive lineman. He's just so lean, which, I mean, it makes sense. He's a former, you know, project guard that, or tackle, I'm sorry, that they said needed to add some weight to him. And they've gotten through all of those things that way. But I don't think Nyman can play guard. I don't think Tom can play guard either. Uh, my pick to click, so to speak, this week, I'm going with Quay Walker. And I maybe that's not a sleeper because obviously he's, you know, the 22nd overall pick. But I just think there's going to be opportunities for him to be matched up against, you know, I mentioned uh, Alvin Kamara earlier. There's also Adam Troutman as somebody that the saints have been trying to get more involved with their tight ends in the passing game. 
They have a complex offense with the way that they've done things in recent years. Now that could be a little different, obviously one, because it's preseason two, because Sean Payton's not around any longer, but I just think he's somebody who's going to have enough opportunities to succeed and make, even if he doesn't make a splash play that makes you go like, Oh my God, that's why they picked him there. If he's just around the ball a bunch. And it sounds like, you know, based on camp that he hasn't made like the play yet. He hasn't had like this big stick or anything like that. He hasn't had an interception or anything like that, but it's just been, his movement skills from sideline to sideline are very unique. And I think that's something that'll show up against Camara and company starting uh, today here at, at practice uh, joint practice against the New Orleans saints. So we're out of time for today. Be sure to check us out uh, at pack a day podcast on Twitter. You can follow Ross. He's at Ross Uglum and going through everything with Packer report. You want to go through and follow them as well. Uh, now that the season has started, that means after further review is back, there's a lot of different things going on over at Packer Report. Ross, any anything special in the works for uh, that specific place? Nothing nothing out of line. No, nothing, um, you know, that we, we haven't done in the past. After further review, Dusty Evely's cooking back uh, stuff. I'm sure Andy Herman, who's always busy on the podcast side and on the video side, I'm guessing Andy might get his writing fingers uh, loosened up again. And Zach Jacobson has you guys covered day-to-day. Um, unlike anybody else in this business, man, he does a, a great job for somebody who's not actually on the beat. He's, he's pretty on the beat. Yeah, absolutely. Zach's been really good, uh, all off season. He mentioned Andy, if nothing else, guys, if you follow nothing else throughout this training camp process, you're going to want to follow Andy's training camp observations that he has at pack report. And that's especially true because Wednesday is the last open public practice. So the only glimpse you're going to have into these green Bay Packers is guys like Andy that are there and going through things every single day. So check that out. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Westendorf. Find my stuff over at Packer Report here on the Packaday Podcast. And of course, Game On Wisconsin, where we've got everything going 24-7, 365 for you. We're out of time. We'll see you guys next week. Maybe Morley will be back. Maybe don't. Who knows? Who really cares? See you guys then. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.